the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. City WLCC Brandon. Faith Talk Tampa. Download the Faith Talk Tampa app or listen on TuneIn and Odyssey. Following is sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries and is pre recorded. A wife occupies a rank in the home which is subordinate to her husband. But it doesn't mean that she's a lowly slave. It does not mean that at all. But rather that her obedience, her submission to her husband is one aspect of her obedience to Jesus Christ. That's what Paul means when he adds at the end of verse 22, as to the Lord. Submission? Now there's a word that leaves a bad taste in our mouths. When we submit, we admit defeat, right? How many times have we heard that no one likes a quitter or no one likes a loser? Whether it's in a marriage or any other relationship, submission is not easy for us to do. What precisely are God's instructions concerning submission, particularly in marriage? Well, that's the topic of our class today. We're thrilled to have you here with us for Verse by Verse, an expository Bible class led by pastor teacher Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. This is the middle part of Pastor Steve's message about the wife's responsibilities. The entire message is just one part of a series of messages about the biblical family. I suggest you have your bookmarker in Ephesians chapter 5, but be ready to look at several other supporting passages. Now here's Pastor Steve. What does the Bible teach? The Bible teaches that women are to speak and to be able to offer suggestions. Let me just give you a few references on that. Proverbs 31, and we will look at the woman of Proverbs 31 next week, Lord willing. She is the excellent wife. Proverbs 31, verse 26 says this, She opens her mouth in wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. This woman has wise things to say, and she says wise things to her husband. Genesis chapter 2 says that Eve was brought to Adam to be his helper. Helper. She, uh, he is not infallible. He makes mistakes. Man, wouldn't you admit that you make mistakes? Nod your head if you agree. I know that you have to agree. But men make mistakes, and therefore they need a wife to help them. If you didn't make a mistake, and you were totally independent, you didn't need anybody, then God wouldn't give us a wife. We need a wife to help us make wise decisions. Also, Ephesians 4, verse 25, which says, speaking the truth in love is not addressed to husbands only. It's addressed to all Christians, wives included. So she is to speak. She is to speak. 1 Peter 3, 4, which says that a quiet and meek spirit is precious in God's sight, does not say that she has to be quiet. It says that a quiet and meek spirit, not a quiet and meek mouth, a spirit is an attitude. In other words, she's at rest. She's not trying to to be the boss. She's at rest. She's not struggling because she's married to to a disobedient uh, man. 
She's resting in God's sovereignty, and God says that's precious. She has a meek and quiet spirit. That doesn't mean that she doesn't open her mouth and talk. Okay, another thing that submission is not, it does not mean that the wife is inferior to the husband. Was Jesus inferior to Mary and to Joseph? Of course not. And yet the Bible says in Luke 2.51, he continued in subjection to them. Jesus was God, is God. And yet he submitted to his parents. Is Jesus Christ inferior to God the Father? I hope you don't think that. I hope you don't think that. Because the Bible teaches that God the Father is fully God and God the Son is fully God. And yet, 1 Corinthians chapter 11 says this. 1 Corinthians 11.3, but I want you to understand that Christ is the head of every man. And the man is the head of a woman. And God, meaning God the Father, is the head of Christ. Now, does that mean that Jesus is inferior to God the Father? No, it does not mean that. But it does mean that within the Trinity, there is order and there is structure. There is submission and there is authority, even though there is equality as God. There is a division within the Trinity of, of labor and responsibility and roles. God the Father has authority. God the Son submits. But that does not mean that he is any less God. So in the same way, within a husband and wife relationship, within that team, there is equality. But there is also order and structure of authority and submission. There are roles. 1 Peter 3, 7 says that she is a fellow heir of the grace of life. She's not inferior. If you will, look at uh, Galatians chapter 3. This is, this is important. Galatians chapter 3, verse 28. I think this was a very, very important part of the early church that they understood this concept because until Christianity came along, uh, women were so looked down upon in Greek culture and Roman culture and especially in Jewish culture. But Galatians chapter 3, verse 28 says this, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free man. There is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Now, he's not saying that uh, all the distinctives of being a man and a woman are gone, just as he's not saying all the distinctives of being uh, Jewish or Greek are gone. He's not saying there are no longer any slaves or free men. That, that wasn't true. What he is saying is spiritually, when you come into the body of Christ... It doesn't matter whether you're Jewish or Gentile, whether you're slave or free, whether you're a man or a female. You are all equal spiritually. You are equal in God's sight in the body of Christ. There's no caste system in the body of Christ. That's what he means. That's very, very important. So now I think that should help you to understand a little bit better about what submission is not. And now we need to understand what, what is it. And we need to not only look at submission, because often when we think of the role or responsibility of a, of a wife, we just see that big word, submit. But the Bible teaches more than that. And so we're going to look at three responsibilities that a wife has towards her husband, just as there were three responsibilities that a husband has towards his wife. So there are three that a wife has towards her husband. We'll look at the first two this week, and Lord willing, next week, we will look at the third. But the first responsibility a wife has towards her husband, and this is not given in any special order, is to submit to her husband. To submit to her husband. Now, where do we get that from Scripture? Let's look at Ephesians chapter 5, and you should put a bookmark there because we'll be referring to Ephesians 5 
throughout our, our service, as well as we're going to look at Colossians 3.18. But Ephesians 5, verse 22 says this, Wives, be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord. Now, those who know the Greek language can uh, tell us that the word subject is not in the original Greek. That's why it's in uh, italics there. Uh, but the thought is there. You say, aha, but how do you know the thought is there? Well, uh, if you don't uh, think it's there, then you look over at Colossians chapter 3, verse 18, where Paul does use the word submit. And he says, wives, be subject to your own husbands as is fitting in the Lord. So there it's very clear. It's implied in Ephesians 5. It's stated in Colossians 3. Both of these verses command wives to submit to their husbands, their own husbands, not somebody else's husband, but their own husbands. But they don't stop there because both of these verses go on to make statements of clarification. Clarification. First, let's look at Ephesians 5.22. And this is important. We uh, seldom look at the verse in its entirety, or both these verses in their entirety, and see the words of clarification. But it says, wives, be subject to your own husbands. And here's that expression, as to the Lord. As to the Lord. Now, first of all, let's look at what the Greek word means. The Greek word for subject means to arrange yourself in rank under. If you're taking notes, that's exactly what it means. It was a military term, meaning to arrange yourself in rank under, in the sense of being a subordinate in rank. A subordinate in rank. A wife occupies a rank in the home which is subordinate to her husband. But it doesn't mean that she's a lowly slave. It does not mean that at all. But rather that her obedience, her submission to her husband is one aspect of her obedience to Jesus Christ. That's what Paul means when he adds at the end of verse 22, as to the Lord. She is not simply to submit to her husband. She's to do it as to the Lord. In other words, when she submits to her husband, she is doing what God wants her to do. This is all, her, her obedience to her husband is part of her overall obedience and service rendered to Jesus Christ. To not submit to her husband is to rebel against God. This is a spiritual issue. Submission to a husband is an act of obedience to Jesus Christ. That's what Paul means. Which means that true biblical submission to a husband is a liberating truth and concept. Liberating. And I want you to get that word liberating because it is the truly liberated woman who is free to obey God and his plan for her life because this is the role that God created her to fulfill. She is not really free if she's on another track trying to do something other than what God designed her to do. This is the role God made for her. And she will never be more fulfilled and never be more satisfied and liberated than when she is in harmony with that role. That is, that is an incredible truth and concept to get hold of. She is truly liberated when she lives the life that God wants her to live, and that is to be in submission to her husband. And you say, where did you come up with that kind of stuff? Wow, that's a pretty strong statement, Pastor Steve. Now, we'll get right back to Steve Kreloff's lesson about the wife's responsibilities in just a moment. 
First, I'd like to welcome those of you who have just tuned in and perhaps missed the beginning of our program. You're listening to Verse by Verse, a radio class taught by Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. We invite you to visit our website, versebyverseradio.org, to learn more about this ministry and even to listen to this message again. If you'd like, you can subscribe to our podcasting service while you're visiting our website. Let's return to class now. Pastor Steve had just made what might seem like a rather contradictory statement. He said that a wife will find liberation in submitting to her husband. Let's get back to class and hear Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff as he elaborates on that statement. Well, I want you to turn over to Colossians 3. This is the way God designed you. This is consistent throughout Scripture. And I want to show you how we know that. Colossians 3, verse 18. I told you there's a little phrase at the end which Paul uh, states to clarify about submission. Wives, be subject to your husband. But he doesn't stop there. As is fitting in the Lord. As is fitting in the Lord. What does that mean? It means it is appropriate. It is proper. It is in harmony with God's arrangement for the family. This, in other words, is consistent with what the scriptures have, uh, have said from Genesis on. It is fitting. What Paul is telling them to do is not something that's just uh, New Testament truth. It is fitting. It is proper. It has always been what God has said. Genesis 2 tells us that. Uh, the excellent wife in Proverbs 31 tells us that. The examples of uh, Old Testament women such as Sarah tell us that all of that consistent with the rest of God's word it fits that's what he's saying it fits it's not unique to church age believers you say well why would that be important I'll tell you because it is very likely that some women back then and today have a difficult time submitting to their husbands because Christianity has elevated a woman to a place of spiritual usefulness to her husband I told you that that in ancient cultures, even the Jewish culture, not biblical, but what the Jewish culture became, uh, the, the man just suppressed his wife. In fact, one of the prayers that, that the ancient Jewish people would pray is, I thank God that I'm not a, I think it's a slave, an animal, and a woman. You know, that's, that's a terrible thing, but that was the attitude of the day. And now Christianity has come along. Christ has, has elevated the women, to a place that they never experienced in pagan religion and even Judaism. And now she knows that she is useful to her husband. She is his spiritual equal. She is a fellow heir of the grace of life. She has spiritual gifts to use. Sometimes she's more gifted than he is. Uh, She has spiritual ministries to exercise. She may even be more spiritual-minded than her husband. So the question is, she looks at all of that, and she's moving out for the Lord and, uh, and maybe he's not. And she might think, so why do I have to submit to this turkey? You know, look at me. Look at all that I have. And I've got this husband who's a deadbeat spiritually. So Paul comes along and says, but listen, listen. You are to submit. Because even though Christianity has elevated you to a place you have never had before, even though it's been consistent, you are still to submit to your husband. Don't think that equality means that the role has changed. It is not. It has always been God's intention that you submit. Why? He gives specifically the reason. We look at Ephesians 5 again. Ephesians 5 verse 23. For the husband, and here's the explanation. Here's his, his uh, inspired reason 
For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ also is the head of the church, he himself being the savior of the body. But as the church is subject to Christ, so also the wives ought to be to their husbands in everything. She is to submit to her husband as her head, just as the church submits to Jesus Christ as her head. That's the analogy. The husband as head of the, the wife treats the wife as Christ treats the church and vice versa. The wife is like the church and ought to respond to the husband as the church responds to Christ and that is in submission. I want to say something that I think is very, very important and, and critical for the women to understand. God knows what's best for you. And you may think that this is very harsh, this, these truths about submit, and you may rebel against it. But God knows what's best for you. He made you to follow your husband and not to lead him. When Eve got in the lead of Adam, we had the fall of the human race. It's a problem. God isn't out to mess up your life. And I, and I know that there's the thought on some that if I do what you're telling me, it's a life of misery. No, God is not out to mess up your life. God is out to make your life very fulfilling and satisfying. And it can even be happy and certainly joyful. You will never be fulfilled if you fight the Lord at this point. No matter who you're married to, no matter how he treats you, you are to submit to him. That is God's plan for you. And if you fight him there you will end up having a miserable life because you were not created and designed by God and your makeup is not to rebel against him at this point. You see, the feminist movement in our country and in our world is just plain wrong about the role of women. No matter how appealing the media might make it look, they're just wrong. That's the wisdom of this world. Our modern society is just plain wrong when it tells you to be liberated from your husband's leadership. They're just wrong no matter how popular that notion is. Your friends are wrong when they advise you to do your own thing. They usually say that, by the way, because they've had a horrible experience themselves, not because they have much wisdom. You see, the Bible says, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. That's ungodly counsel. You see, God is right, and he knows what you need and how you will be happiest. And that is by submitting to your husbands, even if it goes against the grain of everything that society stands for. Even if you stand alone and get ridiculed, this is what God says to do, and this is what will make you happiest. Now, let's think through for a moment what submission involves. Because submission is a positive concept, it's not a negative. We often present it and hear it in a negative light, but it's a positive concept. It's given for your, with the, your best interests at heart. Its emphasis in Scripture is on what a wife should do rather than what she should not do. It's very positive. So what does a submissive wife do? Now, I can give you all kinds of things on this, but I'm going to uh, quote from Wayne Mack, who is a biblical Christian counselor as well as a professor at a, uh, at a Christian college, and this is the best explanation I have ever read. So let me read it to you. Submission means that the wife puts all of her talents, abilities, resources, energy at her husband's disposal. Submission means that the wife yields and uses all of her abilities under the management of her husband for the good of her husband and family. 
Submission means that she sees herself as a part of her husband's team. She is not her husband's opponent fighting at cross purposes or trying to outdo him. She is not merely an individual going her way, her, her separate way. She is her husband's teammate striving for the same goal. She has ideas, opinions, desires, requests, and insights, and she lovingly makes them known. But she knows that on any good team, someone has to make the final decisions and plans. She knows that the team members must support the team leader, his plans and decisions, or no progress will be made and confusion and frustration will result. I, I think that's an excellent, excellent definition. And what he is basically saying is this. She's a team member. She's not his opponent. She's not against him. She's on the same team, striving for the same goal. She puts all of her abilities, all of her energies at her, and resources at her husband's disposal for his good and the good of the family. That's true biblical submission. Not this perverted thing that people tell us about. Now, I know, though, that there are still questions that must be on the minds of some women. And so I want to look at some questions and uh, give you some answers about submission. Number one, question number one, do you need to submit if your husband doesn't treat you like he should? That's a rather important question. What if you are married to somebody who, who either doesn't know the Lord or claims to know the Lord and doesn't treat you like he knows the Lord? That certainly doesn't treat you like Christ treats the church. Well, submission, the answer is submission has nothing to do with your authority and the way he treats you or his spiritual state or, or wisdom. I realize that some of you are, are married to men who won't lead you. And some of you ladies may really be struggling in your hearts even more so now than before because your husbands have heard this series on the family and you see no change. And, and, I, and I know that it must be frustrating because you've been praying for change, you've been praying that he'll be open and nothing happens. He's not looked into any changes. He's not wanted to make a change. He's not even asked me for 50 questions to get to know his wife. And by the way, I am shocked that only about six men asked for that little paper about 50 questions. Now, either everybody knows their wife perfectly well, or they're going to come up with their own questions or something is wrong. So I know there must be wives who are struggling with that. He won't lead me. He won't learn about me. He won't love me. It's just the same old thing. And, and the question is, do you have to submit to somebody like that? And the answer is yes. Yes. And we have biblical support for that. 1 Peter chapter, chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 18. Husband, oh, it says servants. Now here's talking about servants. Servants, be submissive to your masters with all respect. So in a, in a slave-master relationship, be submissive. Not only to those who are good and gentle but also to those who are unreasonable. So here you have, have a slave master, you have a master who's very unreasonable, and he says, submit. And then the apostle writes, for this finds favor if for the sake of conscience towards God, a man bears up under sorrows when suffering unjustly. So if someone is submissive and he suffers unjustly, God says that that's, that finds favor with him. For what credit is there if when you sin and are harshly treated, you endure it with patience? But if you do what is right and suffer for it, and you patiently endure it, this finds favor with God. So he says, submit. Now, it's all leading to this point. For you have been called for this purpose, he writes to slaves, since Christ also suffered for you. You've been called to suffer in a submissive way. He's left you an example uh, to follow in his steps. Jesus suffered. He submitted to evil men, and he suffered. 
Now watch this. It just explains his submission. Who committed no sin, nor was any deceit found in his mouth. And while being reviled, he did not revile in return. While suffering, he uttered no threats, but kept entrusting himself to him who judges righteously. And then it says, he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, that we might die to sin, live to righteousness, for whose, by his wounds you were healed, for you were continually straying like sheep. But now you've returned to the shepherd and guardian of your way. Submission is such a hard thing for most of us. But when we look at Christ's example, how can we do otherwise? He submitted to the Father. He submitted to those He created. He even submitted to evil men. That's humility, and that's amazing grace. And submission can have surprising results. When we return next time, Pastor Steve will be talking about, among other things, how a wife's godly submission to her ungodly husband can turn his heart toward God. Before we say goodbye, I'd like to thank you for listening and invite you to join us again next time for another verse-by-verse radio class. Our teacher is Steve Kreloff. He has been ministering for 25 years at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Verse-by-verse is a ministry supported by the generous gifts of interested listeners who have first been faithful to their local church. If you would like to order a CD of this lesson, please call us at 727-441-1714. Leave your name and a number, and we'll return your call during weekday office hours. That number again, 727-441-1714. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.